The News Run on Off The Ball with Gillette. Put your best face forward with our new and improved razors. This is News Talk. All right, it's Thursday's Off The Ball. Nathan with you until 10 o'clock this evening. Hope you're keeping well. We've got a busy show ahead. A couple more games to round off the week in the Premier League. And, well, what once was the biggest game of a Premier League season, Manchester United against Arsenal. Not quite that anymore, but it gets underway at Old Trafford at a quarter past eight. The new Manchester United interim manager, Ralph Rangnick, has been granted a visa. He is expected to be in the stands tonight at Old Trafford, though Michael Carrick will pick the team. We should have that team news in around about 10 minutes from time. We'll bring it to Richie in just a moment. Uh, John Giles coming up at half past seven giving his thoughts on Ralph Rangnick's appointment and also what's going on at Leeds United this season. After eight o'clock, we're going to be joined by some experts from Healthy Ireland to give you some tips as we head towards the Christmas period. And then on the football show, as well as keeping an eye on what's going on in the Premier League, going to be joined in studio for the entirety of the football show by the two-time title-winning Shamrock Rovers manager Stephen Bradley. Uh, doesn't give too many many interviews, 37 years of age, been in the job five years now and has got Shamrock Rovers right back to the summit and amongst the managerial merry-go-round that is going on in Irish football, he is very much certain of his position out in Tallis. So looking forward to chatting to him about his career. Of course, started out at Arsenal, was captain of the reserve team for quite a while, never made it there, but came back home with a successful playing career and then really delivering the goods for Shamrock Rovers at the moment at an exciting time before the club. 53106 is the text number at Off The Ball on Twitter. Richie McCormick is with us. Evening, Richie. Nathan, how are you? It's quite mad how Arsenal have ended up informing so much of the managerial landscape in the League of Ireland when you consider Stephen O'Donnell was there and his assistant as well at, uh, well, what was his assistant, I guess, at St. Pat's. Uh, Padge Craig both started off there as well. And there have probably been others going down through the uh, the roster. Well, yeah, uh, Tim Clancy, by the way, the new man in at St. Pat's. Without an Arsenal connection, it must be said, but that's just confirmed in the last couple of minutes. Likes watching Arsenal, maybe, yeah, Tim Clancy. Yeah, uh, Stephen O'Donnell and Stephen Bradley, uh, a lot of shared experience at Arsenal. And both of them were sort of the boy wonders of Irish football at a young age and went through the process, were uh, highly rated at the academy and for one reason or another just never worked out, came back and made a huge success of themselves in the League of Ireland and now obviously going to be key figures in the League of Ireland next season. Joe Malloy should be with us as well. Evening, Joe. Gents, good evening. This is how I imagine the scene. Press officer comes in. Stephen, another interview request. I don't do interviews, I told you. No, you don't understand. Nathan Murphy. (laughs) Now, here we are. You're sort of like Oprah, really, aren't you? In what way, Joe? Well, listen. I just want. I just want to be. I just want to be Joe Malloy. I just want to be Joe Malloy, really. You know. But listen, I'll 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 Uh, I'll I'll go along with Oprah. I must say, I am hoping uh, that Michael Carrick decides to break with the very boring tradition of his tenure so far and actually picks an interesting team and goes for a game. I'm not going to miss the Michael Carrick era. Incredibly dull games. Yeah, the reaction to the Chelsea match was very strange that this was seen as some sort of new Manchester United where we play not one, not two, but all three of our defensive midfielders in the one game. And that gives us some sort of solidity that we haven't seen in years at Manchester United. And and this is the progressive football that we're going to get behind because Chelsea, who had countless chances, we somehow held them to a one-all draw. And that is where Manchester United are right now. Like this, this cannot be any sort of a template for the remainder of the season for Manchester United. Yes, I'm very happy with the courageous performance of the players and the defensive solidity said Michael Carrick after conceding 24 chances to Chelsea and being dominated for the entire game. I know. I mean, it's just uh, it's this weird situation with Manchester United where progressively, for whatever reason, defensively, 
they've got worse and worse and worse. You think back to a year ago, the conversation with United was, well, can they really have Pogba as one of the two midfielders? Better go for McTominay and Fred to kind of steady the ship. Like that somehow has progressed to, we need eight defensive midfielders in there or heaven knows we're going to get killed. So I don't really know what's happening. I, I would presume largely it's down to work rate in decline further up the pitch. Like there was a time when Fred and McTominay was the defensive Manchester United setup. You know, they're going with two of them. Pogba's mm. not there. And now it's like, well, if they don't have three defensive midfielders, they're at nothing. So I do, <laughs> it's just gone from bad to worse, I think is the uh, short version. I give Ollie this, Nathan, this season. It was never dull. Uh, no, no. And, and that's the biggest worry, of course, and for any team in modern football or any club, that it becomes dull and boring and people lose interest. As long as there's a little bit of drama, well, listen, the social media accounts and the social media managers are going to be happy. Uh, Walf Ragnick is going to be there tonight. Uh, John Giles, uh, we recorded it earlier on. You can get it already on our social channels. Uh, unsurprisingly, isn't fully convinced by this, Joe. And the Ralph Ragnick, everything he's ever said is about a manager coming in and being able to implement his own style of football and having the power to go and do that and make those decisions, which is just fine between now and the end of the season. But how does that tie in with him staying on as a consultant for a further two years and a manager coming in having his own thoughts, whether it's a Mauricio Pochettino or a Roberto Mancini, who's been linked over the last couple of years, and having to also work with Ralph Ragnick, who seems incredibly set in his ways? Yes, well, I suppose if Manchester United want to go for some joined-up thinking, they'll give Ragnick, I presume it's half the reason they brought him in, a say in who the next manager is, and presumably he'll pick someone who sees football in a similar light to him now that remains to be seen we had Uli Hesse on the show during the week and he was saying a lot of very interesting things about Rangnick who does have a sense of humour is incredibly intense and quite often at most clubs he's been at and this was where the alarm bell started for me unless Rangnick gets his way totally and completely things go awry very quickly. The dummy is spat out and there are fall there are, you know, there is a falling out and things come to an end. There's a reason he's been at a lot of clubs. I mean he's managed continuously since about the mid nineteen eighties, but a lot of clubs in there. Now, I don't know if Ralph thinks he's turning up at Manchester United to call the shots in every single way. I hope he doesn't think that because this won't last long if he does. I mean, that two year consultancy could turn into an annual Christmas card. Well, what happens if actually Michael Carrick was following orders last Sunday, Richie. And Ralph Ragnick had said, I've, I've been looking, I've been assessing Manchester United for weeks, thinking this might happen. And, you know, I've decided that the three holding midfielders is the way forward, that no Cristiano Ronaldo in the starting eleven is what I want. And actually, Bruno Fernandes is sort of on his last legs here as well. And we're going to go about things a different way. Like, the Manchester United way, all that goes with that. Like, how, long, how long does that last? Does, do results solve everything for Ragnick between now and the end of the season? Well, firstly, if he did do that, he'd be in trouble with the employment law uh, people in the UK. Um, but I'd say if there was any consultation, and that's a big if, that it would have been a lot of... If The reasoning for that team selection last week would have been, listen, plug the holes, whatever you can, and we'll get down to it when I finally arrive. But there is going to be a sea change, by all accounts, in, in their tactical approach, judging well, on the CV of Ralph Ragnick and what he's done uh, everywhere. And the, the template, I guess, he he brought into fruition most uh, effectively at Hoffenheim, getting them out of the, the Bundesliga 2 and solidifying them as a top-flight club. And he was obviously given the reins across the Red Bull organisation to, to sort out everything there and masterminded their run to the Champions League semis. And 
you know, there's a lot of work for him to do in a pretty short space of time. And you wonder, you wonder what the benefit of it is. Like when we mentioned the show before, the United really should have just gone all out and appointed whomever they want and genuinely, genuinely think is going to lead this club through the next three, four years. And uh, now, because doing this means that, you know, Ragnick will move upstairs after six months. And regardless of who they bring in, there's going to be another tactical switch, albeit it might be subtle, but there's still going to be something else for the players to have to adjust to over the course of pre-season. And like we could be in the same situation whereby they have a ropey start because, and the explanation will be given next season that, well, they're still getting used to this new guy, whether it's Eric Ten Hag or Roberto Mancini or Mircea Pochettino or whoever takes the job. There's going to be in this constant state of flux for at least another year, like at least another year. And I don't know what that, you know, is going to look like for Manchester United supporters. Will they be happy with that? Will they have a new modicum of patience? The last 12 months suggests they won't. And then what do you do? Maybe it all just works out cycle for a while. Maybe it actually, and there's there's a lot of question marks and a lot of negativity around this and what might happen. But actually, there like there are a lot of incredibly talented players there at Manchester United. They have some of the best attacking players in world football. That somebody with his experience, with his philosophy, and his assuredness in what he wants to do can make an instant impact. And Manchester United, I know they weren't in the title race, but they did finish second last season. That actually, we've two-thirds of a season to go. There's no reason that he can't turn Manchester United around very quickly, have them playing a real high-intensity, attacking football, scoring lots of goals, finishing comfortably inside the top four, going on a run in the Champions League. And like the ideal scenario, maybe for Manchester United, is that they do have a difficult decision at the end of this season, that they do get to May, and that there is a consensus that maybe Ralph Ragnick we need to keep him as the manager for the next two seasons. I think that very conversation has happened in the board. I presume they're being very strategic about this. They know they are under pressure. They know they've got several appointments wrong now. Rangnick is a lovely shot to nothing. As in, if this works out beautifully and he does a great job and everybody's in agreement he should stay on, then you give him a two-year contract as manager and great, we're up and running. If it doesn't work out, well, then this was always the plan anyway to end the season once Ralph had finished his work. So it's not like the board have made another bad appointment. And I think that's crossed their mind strategically. This gives them a free hit because I'm sure they're sitting around at times saying to each other, OK, we went with Moyes. Ferguson said Moyes was going to do it. He was Scottish. Do you know, that didn't work out. And then they went with uh, Van Gaal, big name, opposite to Moyes in so many ways. That didn't work out. Incredibly boring football as well. Then they got desperate and said, okay, he's everything that Manchester United are not about, but let's just get Mourinho in. He's a winner. And he did win things. It should be restated, but it got toxic. And then the Ole thing was just a flight of fancy. That was just, we're out of ideas. A bit like when the England manager through a lot of our youth would flip-flop. It would be Kevin Keegan, and then it would be polar opposite like a, a Sven, and then it would flip back and flip back. And every appointment was a reaction to the previous react to the previous manager. I think that's where, that's the cycle United were in when they uh, fell upon Ole. It was like, DNA is about as good a thing as any. He doesn't seem to like parking in the manager's spot. Maybe that'll bring some kind of look. So I think they're utterly confused. Now, they shouldn't be. Antonio Conte was the obvious candidate. But I think they're utterly confused. And so they've said to each other, we're starting to look a little bit rubbish here, like we can't find a good manager. Rangnick, end of the season, it's a free hit. They're not embarrassed if it doesn't work out. They get another managerial appointment. That's how I think strategically they're looking at this. And I don't think that's an idiotic way for them to approach it from their self-serving point of view. 
Uh, Mick Houlihan, can you talk about anybody else apart from Manchester United? Eventually we will move on from Manchester United <laughs> and some other club. Isn't that the same? That you'd, there's always one club who are in crisis mode every day and you just don't want to be that club. And Manchester yeah. United have yeah. sort of been it for several weeks. So they just need to move past that somehow. Uh, That's true. Quarter to, past to, to eight. Be- to be fair, to be fair, they're playing Arsenal at Old Trafford this evening, but I'm not un- unsympathetic to uh, Mick's point of view. I have, I, I have no doubt in my sleep I'm saying things about Oliver Gunnar Solskjaer at this stage. I often wonder, is Keane almost venting frustrations on behalf of his friend in that regard? I don't want to say he's got a blind spot to Solskjaer, but he's another former teammate who hasn't exactly kind of criticised Subscribe him. now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Uh, the news round brought to you by Gillette. Put your best face forward with our new and improved razors. 53106, the text number. If you've got any thoughts on Manchester United, we'll bring you the team news in just a couple of minutes. News round, Richie, where are you starting? Uh, we will start at Old Trafford. Ralph Rangnick is in the house. Uh, Amazon have just shown footage of him arriving uh, for tonight's game with Arsenal. Uh, the German going to be in the stands for that Premier League meeting. Michael Carrick taking charge of the side for one final time tonight. This is the team he's gone with, just named literally in the last 14 seconds. David Gea starts in goal. And then we have a back four trying to make it out. Diogo Jalot, yes, indeed. Victor Lindelof, Harry Maguire and Alex Tellez are across the back four. Scott McTominay and Fred are in midfield. Jaden Sancho, Bruno Fernandes and Marcus Rashford are in support of Cristiano Ronaldo. As I say, there is an 8-15 start to that one. So just the two holding midfielders. Uh, for Manchester United tonight. Going to try and get you the Arsenal team news. This is uh, the real uh, new Manchester United way, Joe, isn't it? Where it's three at the back, it's three central midfielders. This is the future. We figured it out. And a game later, actually. Now let's go back. Let's go back to this the is, old 4 2 3 one. Yeah, I know. In a way, this is back to the pre-crisis Manchester United where they weren't just uh, shifting deck chairs in the Titanic and looking for all these curious solutions. You know, three at the back and we'll try this and we'll try that. This is kind of this is the team, the four-two-three-one shape that they had before everything seemed to go right. And it's their strongest team, with the exception of Dallo and Tellez, you would put in Shaw and Juan Basake. I suppose you're now back to, well, it's Ronaldo in for maybe a more hardworking uh, player at the top of the formation. And, and so that's the, look, that's the conundrum. And, and let's not recycle the whole Ronaldo pressing debate. But like that's kind of the, the big change from, say, a year ago. But the shape, it's almost like they've said, yeah, look, all the messing around in the world is not, getting us anything better so let's just go back to what makes obvious sense for the majority of the players the uh, obvious scenario to keep this going with more Manchester United conversation for another couple of days is that they find themselves 2-0 down at half time and Ralph Ragnick arrives into the dressing room to turn things round and and how would he do that this is the the genius that he is (laughs) suddenly they come out lads high press you heard of this thing Gegen press you've heard of this now it's going to happen. I know. Is there anything to be said for another defensive midfielder? So I'm so sick of talking about pressing. Uh, Jamie Carragher made a good point, and he was saying, "Remember when Jurgen Klopp took over, and for the first six months there were a lot of muscle injuries because mm. the workload of the players had increased." And Manchester United are looking for potentially an extra 10, 12 kilometers per game collectively. I think there's a distinct possibility that we start seeing hamstring muscle injuries and, and thigh injuries and calf injuries and a, a bunch added to the injury list as Ralph gets them to run more. That's that's one of the big issues for him coming in mid-season yeah and it's at a time where it does seem as though there's more injuries than ever before in the Premier League and those sort of soft tissue injuries with every team missing four or five players at the moment so it's definitely another thing to factor in have you got that Arsenal team Richie? 
I do indeed, yeah. Uh, Ramsdale starts in goal, back four, then Tommy Asu, Ben White, Gabriel and Tavares in midfield. It's Mohamed Elneny and Thomas Partey. Uh, Gabriel Martinelli, Martin Odegaard and Emile Smith-Rowe are in support of their one-up top, which is Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. All right, it's not quite keen against Vieira, but it's a perfectly good entertainment for a Thursday evening. Gets underway at a quarter past eight and we'll keep you up to date throughout the evening. Also a match getting underway in around 10 minutes from now. Yeah, Matt Doherty on the bench for Tottenham for this one. It's a first ever top flight meeting, would you believe? Tottenham and Brentford kicking off at half past seven. And Munster, meanwhile, have been given some respite in their troubled preparations for the start of the Heineken Champions Cup. Tournament organisers, the EPCR, have confirmed an extension to their player registration date with an unlimited number of supplemental players allowed. With the majority of their squad either isolating or, in st- or still in South Africa, Munster Academy manager Ian Costello is working together with a cobbled together panel, I should say. Munster are due to play Wasps in Coventry in 10 day's time. So would that suggest that the players who are in quarantine won't be able to play in 10 days time? Uh, It would suggest that they will be given every opportunity to play in 10 days time because the registration date is midday of next Wednesday. Okay. And then they can you know they can obviously have an an unlimited amount of uh, players added to their supplemental roster. So like they're giving them every opportunity like Scarlet's have already called for their game to be called off. Cardiff aren't getting out of South Africa until tomorrow morning I believe. It's it's a mess. Uh, But the EPCR in a statement this afternoon said that they basically have no dates to play with that they have to go ahead with the games or else we're in a situation where we were last year where there was a bunch of them being awarded as four try bonus point wins and the competition just ends up being a, a shadow of, of what it should be. Mm. Um, but this is their uh, best way, they feel, to kind of get a decent competition out of the season. We're going to have Wasps against Munster live on Sunday week, our first game of our coverage of the Heineken Champions Cup. Uh, it's going to be fascinating either way. And unfortunately, when you see, Joe, the Welsh teams and the sort of conversations that are going on there about the integrity of the competition... Like rugby has just sort of eaten itself over the last couple of years in terms of the demands it's placed on the calendar that there is just no room and yeah. I think everybody's in agreement Munster would prefer to play some sort of a game than give a walkover and um, we saw too much of that last season Yeah, the EPCR have no real option because there aren't many free wake ends for them to push the game to You asked the interesting question how many who've returned from South Africa will be able to play I, I, and again, like so Cardiff are gone you know, if their players are only getting it now, then there's just no chance they're going to make the game. And and these are like, the, this is the kind of the quirks of five different jurisdictions. So just by quirk of being in Ireland, 10 days quarantining is required. Now, Munster and those players who are back will just about be clear of quarantining rules in time for the game. Now, it could mean flying over very late Saturday night or very early Sunday morning. They're isolating separately as opposed to there were talks initially of doing it in a hotel together where they might get out and be allowed training for two hours and straight back into their hotel rooms. That hasn't happened. So they're they're in their own quarters. I think I, you'd read into that somewhere, approaching their their homes, mm. I would think. But it does open up the possibility of like, do your press-ups and do your sit-ups and uh, keep yourself ticking over in so much as you can. And look, who's up for it? Who's up for getting over here Sunday morning and, and pitching in and I wouldn't be surprised to see a few do that. I mean, it's it's almost um, it's like typical Munster drama. You can like the folklore around this game. If they go and win it, then we'll. I mean, look, it's not like they go on about things. Nineteen seventy-eight. Really? So, um, really? Yeah. It's the name of podcast uh, look, after it. Yeah, I know. So we'll see. I mean, it's all it's all very um, tight and far from ideal. And but the the last point is the problem is they have to go for this because the makeup of the group stages now means that. This is a sprint finish. Mm. They don't have the same number of games to to rectify a loss. 
in uh, commentary that they might otherwise have. And look, there's a lot of people who are watching Wasps saying they still think Munster, with or without the South African contingent, could go and do a job there. What else he offers, Richie? Uh, the IOC has responded to the WTA's withdrawal from China by saying they've held a second conversation with Peng Shui. The two-time Grand Slam doubles champion hasn't been seen in public since making an allegation of sexual abuse against an ex-Chinese state official early last month. The Women's Tennis Association repeatedly voiced their concerns over her safety and last night pulled their events from China and Hong Kong. Earlier today, the IOC said they offered her wide-ranging support in their latest call and agreed to a personal meeting in January. The men's ATP tour and the International Tennis Federation have decided decided not to follow the WTA out of China at least just yet. We just have time for a couple more stories but there is uh, that breaking news because I mentioned that managerial merry-go-round that's going on in the League of Ireland at the moment. It looks as though the deals are getting done. Yes, and Pat's announcing Tim Clancy uh, as an addition to their management team is how they're wording it. Crucially in their statement, there's no mention of Stephen O'Donnell, their FAI Cup winning boss, who is expected to join Dundalk as a replacement for Vinnie Perth at Oriel Park. Clancy has signed a two-year contract with the club. That means as well it's left a vacancy at Drogheda, which has been filled by Clancy's former assistant there ahead in the Cane Park, uh, Kevin Doherty, who's going to take up the reins there at Drogs. But it seems like the move for O'Donnell to Dundalk is going to be the uh, next domino to fall. So they're saying Tim Clancy is in, but not as manager, just as part of the managerial team to give the impression that Stephen O'Donnell is still there and they'd be happy to keep him for compensation reasons, I assume. Or O'Donnell's move hasn't been secured to Dundalk yet because uh, the latest word on that was there's still a few loose ends to be tied up. So I wouldn't be surprised to see this statement cleaned up in the first time that Clancy maybe appears in front of the media that his position will be, um, you know, rectified or at least uh, sorted because obviously Alan Matthews is going to remain in a management capacity there as well and will probably be uh, helping out. Uh, Tim Clancy in in some way, shape or form. All right, Richie, great stuff as always. Uh, Joe, enjoy the football tonight. Cheers, lads.